The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the strategy and techniques behind building your ideal customer database. Joining us is Jordan Crawford, who is the founder at Scout, which helps companies acquire customers with postcards. Scout excels at helping companies deploy a full postcard marketing strategy from list personalization, design, and measurement, including strategies like IP to address matching, and also personalizing cards that include a unique direction to a physical address. And today, Jordan and I are going to discuss finding your ideal customers by understanding their pain. Okay, here's my conversation with Jordan Crawford, founder at Scout. Jordan, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to have you on the show. We met in kind of a funny way. I said that I'm trying to help marketers find new jobs and you volunteered to help me help other marketers and one thing led to another and now you're on the podcast. Give me the high level. We're getting to know each other. What the heck do you do? <laughs> oh my gosh, like so many, I guess, entrepreneurs, that's a complicated question. But one of the things that I do just in my spare time is help people find jobs. So it's a passion project of mine. I launched jordancrawford.com just to do it for free. I've helped friends that I met via Twitter just like get out of their parents' basement and find jobs. And so that's like just like one piece of me. And that's kind of how we got connected. So we're going to get into that and we're going to talk specifically about how we're trying to help marketers find jobs tomorrow. But I do want to talk about the core business here and honestly, the skills that you've built with the ability to target people, understand what their pain points are. A lot of that goes into helping someone find the right job, help an employer get matched with a candidate. But that also helps you do lead generation and customer development as well. Talk to me about some of the skills that you've developed and what are the methodologies that you use to help build customer databases. And, you know, you're using postcards and direct mail as the operating channel at Scout. Talk to me a little bit about that mechanic. So this list piece is really important. For some context, I, I'm an advisor to a handful of different B2B companies, and I've helped just a bunch of different companies build lists. And I think that the thing that people may not really get about good list building is there's so much amazing data online that if you can figure out the pain and communicate about the pain, it's just going to be so much better than persona or title-based communication. So walk me through what you mean, the difference between marketing by pain as opposed to persona. 
So we'll actually actually dive into a particular example, which I shared on LinkedIn and I'll share in the show notes too. But one of the companies that I work with is Pico, trypico.com. They're basically like a paywall for any site that wants to collect money from their community. And one of the things that we sort of found out is that because of what's going on these days, a lot of in-person businesses like yoga studios, gyms, are trying to transition to online services, right? And it's kind of a harsh transition for them. They're using a patchwork of tools, Zoom, etc. So the question that we were struggling with is, how do you find those people? How do you find the gyms, the yoga studios that are really trying to transition and move their business online? So one of the things that we did, we were just looking at some of these yoga businesses on Yelp. And we realized that right now, Yelp has a generic coronavirus message that says this business may have changed, you know, get in touch with the business directly. But the businesses can update that message. So they can say, we're currently doing classes on Instagram or Zoom, join us for yoga at this time. So what we did was we ran just an advanced Google search, which is anyone can access that you just say I want to search on yelp.com for the word yoga and exclude the generic coronavirus message. So this gives us the results of all of the yoga studios across the country that have updated a personalized message on Yelp trying to transition online. Okay, so you go through and you're sorting all the businesses by, in this case, the example of going on Yelp and scraping the businesses that have some sort of posting about COVID-19, and you're able to build a list of businesses that potentially could be suffering. Yeah, exactly. And so we used, I think, SEO Frog. There's some Chrome extension. And again, I'll put it in the show notes here for you, but it'll download the list of Google search results with URLs. So I had my outsourcer actually copy all of those messages so we could kind of see the tenure. How are these people changing? What tools are they using? How are they allowing you to connect with their yoga teachers or their gym instructors? And then I had my outsourcer go on the website and you can use other tools like TextOwl, which will automatically scrape a website for emails. But I had my outsourcer grab all the emails and we're just dropping them into a custom Facebook audience. So we can say, hey, is your yoga studio trying to go online? Use Tripico to capture emails and uh, allow one-time passes for yoga studios. Amazing. Okay, so there's this application of an acute pain point. Hopefully, COVID-19 is a short-lived thing and we're all going to get back outside and give hugs and kisses to each other. And that's not a pain point, that's a chronic one. And B2B, you know, you think of businesses that are trying to market towards chronic pain points, right? Something that is always going to be a problem. Hey, have you hit this point of scale in your business? Are you trying to reach new customers, expand whatever your finance problems are? When you think about something that isn't necessarily an acute problem, somebody isn't like posting a signal saying, hey, I have a COVID-19 business reclamation project and something that might be a little bit more secret. How do you think about chronic versus acute pain? That's a great question. And I'm actually doing another campaign with a company called Say Primer with this exact challenge. So they are a company that will allow you to prime your leads before you contact them. So basically, they'll help you find the personal and work emails of leads, drop them into custom Facebook and LinkedIn audiences before you email them or reach out to them on LinkedIn, right? So they see your stuff. So one of the things that we had to do was figure out who is still advertising now. I don't want to reach out to the Airbnbs of the world, right? They're just trying to keep the lights on. So how do we figure out the people that are still doing outbound sales and marketing right now? The first thing that we did is we're doing a pre-reach out campaign and actually sending a message from an outsourcer saying, Hey, my friend would like to work at company. Are you still hiring? So now I'm asking you for a signal. Are you still growing? And then I can use that information to customize my outbound. 
Furthermore, what we're doing is we're looking at, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn will tell you what ads the advertiser is running and you can see them. You also can quantify when the ad was run by the date of the first comment, right? So what we're doing is we're looking at each of the ideal targets and enriching that information with a link to each of their most recent ads, as well as the date of the first comment. And if that date of the first comment is after, call it March 20th, we know they're still running ads. And then the pain here that we're going to communicate is we're going to look at how many likes or comments on that ad. And if they don't have any likes or comments, the question we're going to ask is, how do you know that your ad is reaching the right person? And if they do have likes or comments, we're going to say, here are the people that have liked or commented on your post. Are these your ideal prospects? Or maybe could you improve your targeting to make sure the people that are engaging with your post are really right for your product? So the underlying piece of this is that you have a researcher, right? And you're able to go and collect all this customized data and you're building your own lists and you're really getting creative about what you're asking that person to look for. There's lots of signals that are sent online. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So there's two components. One, the mechanics of finding somebody to go collect this data. And two, coming up with a creative strategy for what data you're looking at. Walk me through the first piece. When you're finding these researchers, onboarding, hiring, training, what does that look like? What does it cost? Should everybody be hiring a researcher? Should you be going through a firm? What's your take here? Outsourcing is the very greatest tool that every knowledge worker should know how to use. I'm a huge believer in outsourcing. And I think that there are a couple of ways to do this. You can think about outsourcing in sort of two tiers. There's the MTurk tier, which is Mechanical Turk. It's an Amazon-run service where basically, if you can get a task to be super binary, just like yes or no, then I would use something like a Mechanical Turk because you can get like enrichment for a penny to five cents per row, depending on what you're asking, right? Really, really cheap. 
Then there's the kind of outsourcing that requires just a little bit of context. And the more context you can remove, the better. So what I do is I found my outsourcer like a decade ago, and I've been working with this person ever since. So we've built up context over the years. But the way that I found him was I basically had 12 different Upworkers do the exact same task. And I just stuck with the person that did it best. The person that asked me questions when they were confused, when I didn't provide enough guidance. So that's how I would go about finding an outsourcer. So you're going on to Upwork, you're putting together a task, you're seeing who's actually executing it, giving you good results, and also communicating. Talk to me about the cost here. You're having somebody that's doing remote work, so it means they could be anywhere in the world. What does it actually cost to find a good quality researcher? I think that you can expect anywhere from like 3 to $7 an hour in terms of cost. And some Upworkers will charge per row. And that can range anywhere from 10 cents to 30 to 40 cents per row. Yeah. And I think that that's what's surprising to most people is that when you're able to get actually down to, I've hired somebody in a different part of the world. We have a researcher who's based in Egypt. He's $4 an hour. And so when we're going and building marketing lists, the example we use here at the MarTech podcast right now for our ad sales, we're reaching out to anybody that was sponsoring an event that was canceled because they might have marketing budget that they want to shift over to a different channel like podcast advertising. All right, well, we need to go find the contact. So we have to find the sponsors, have to find who's in their marketing team, put together a list, drop them an email campaign, and hey, that's our lead generation. Finding that researcher is not expensive, right? For us, it's something like a dollar a lead, right? We're finding up 100 lead, not even a dollar a lead. It's probably 50 cents a lead. So we're paying, you know, 50 bucks for our monthly lead list. Yeah, it's super cheap. I mean, basically for the marketers that will use me, I'll charge them a buck a lead and I'll manage that up worker. Like we'll get personal and work emails so that you can drop them into custom audience campaigns, et cetera. So I think that the key here that a lot of people maybe have a challenge with is like, how do you get a task so specific that it doesn't require your context to be able to execute over and over again? And so the way that I will de-risk that is I will do like 20 rows myself. Because after the first three, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I've described this task so horribly that if I go to sleep, because my outsourcer is in Pakistan, if I go to sleep, when I wake up in the morning, my bad research is going to lead to even more bad research. And so I would recommend if anyone's doing outsourcing, just use Loom. It's totally free now. You can make unlimited videos and record yourself doing enrichment for 20 of those tasks. So you can really, really define the ask and then ship it to an outsourcer who can work while you sleep, which is another benefit here. So as you start thinking about putting these lists together, you're first figuring out what your customer's pains are and you can use acute or chronic pain points. You're going and you're finding a researcher. And the last part is building that list. When you start to think about actually acting on that list, you have someone's email address, maybe you have their physical address, some other data sources that they have. What's the right methodology for reaching out to someone without feeling like it's spammy or obtrusive? This is a good question. And I think the key here is that you want to ask questions of the lead with the data that you have. And so most of my outreach messages will start off with, here's what I found about you. It's all about them. I avoid using the I word as much as I possibly can. So the first sentence will include their company name and what other data I have about it. So in the preview, it's going to be really personalized. For example, I'm running a campaign against solar companies right now. So I started with all solar companies in the United States. 
then I realized there's this amazing data for just California solar companies. So I can look at every install by installer and the total system amount they've installed. So what my first two sentences look like for my solar outreach is, came across company name when looking through NEM data, right? So this is my audience. My audience knows NEM data. Saw that you were the number one installer, Flattery, in zip code or in these 42 zip codes in California. Your best zip code, you sold $23 million in systems. That's amazing. And that's why I'm reaching out. So I really provide information about them, why I think they're the greatest. And then I sort of go into you know a quick one blurb. Here's a testimonial of the great results that my customers have had. And then in the subsequent emails, I get into conversion math. Here's kind of what you can expect. If you spend this, you get why the benefit to them. And then my ending, a lot of these emails, just like, how interesting does this sound to you? Is this something that you might be interested in? Yeah, I think that's a great example. And not having scripted this interview, we do a very similar thing here. And so it's gratifying. And honestly, we kind of start with, hey, I'm Ben. I'm the host and founder of the MarTech podcast. Here's a little bit about the show. We noticed that you were a sponsor of this conference that was canceled. So we think that you might be looking for other ways to reach your audience. And here's the value of podcast advertising. Here's some stats about our show. You know, can we set up a time to chat if you're interested? Or are you the right person to talk to? So it's kind of a similar cadence there. And the important part here is that in your outreach, assuming you're using email, you can use personalization and include the data that you found, not just to verify that somebody's within your target, but also as a technique to show them that you understand who they are and what their business is and personalize the outreach. So lots of interesting things to think about when you're trying to understand who you're targeting. A lot of us think about personas. We think about demographics. Understanding the pain point and finding a signal whether somebody is having that pain is another very important process. And Jordan, it's something that we're tackling together, trying to help marketers find the right jobs. So we're going to continue this conversation to talk a little bit about how Jordan and I are tackling that together in our next episode. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Jordan Crawford, founder of Scout, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow. Jordan and I are going to talk about how we're helping unemployed marketers find work. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jordan, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is inventitorfixit, I-N-V-E-N-T-I-T-O-R-F-I-X-I-T, inventitorfixit. And his company's website is sendwithscout, S-E-N-D-W-I-T-H-S-C-O-U-T.com. Also, his personal website is jordancrawford.com. Just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We have summaries of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletters. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. We've got a bunch of different social media handles. All of them are under martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology in your podcast feed. In addition to the rest of our conversation with Jordan Crawford, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.